Blog Talk Radio. Ashe, ashe, my life is a good life. Ashe, ashe, my life is Agape International Choir welcoming you this morning with Arne Batson. That was our choir dancing. She's standing on solid ground and... Good evening and welcome to Warrior Woman Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Adija Ali. And today is Thursday, June 18th. And this is the official launch of our Thursday evening show. Yay! So now you will hear us Mondays and Thursdays, 
6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I am excited because the show is growing by leaps and bounds. And I want to thank all of our supporters and listeners, those of you who listen live, those of you who call in, and those of you listening to the archives. We honor you. And, of course, if you want to listen online, you can always go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash warrior woman radio. The number to dial in is 657-383-1581. If you want to call in, if you have a comment or question, usually toward the end of the show we take comments and questions. Um, But that's the number, 657-383-1581. And tonight's guest is a phenomenal and amazing woman. Her name is Jody Flynn. And after a successful career in mutual fund operations as the Assistant Vice President of Corporate Quality, Jody Flynn set off on a new adventure and founded Luma Coaching. Her specialty is partnering with business leaders who experience self-doubt and overwhelmed to overcome stress, get organized, and start creating the business and the lifestyle they've dreamed of having. Ooh, I love it. Her podcast, Women Taking the Lead, inspires women from humble beginnings to overcome self-doubt and lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to our show tonight, Jody Flynn. Jody, are you there, love? I am here, Khadija. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to the listeners for being here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, you know, as I've said to you, uh, when we talked before, this is a very informal show. I want you to kick back. I want you to relax. Grab a glass of wine. Just imagine that we're sitting in (laughs) Bonefish Grill or somewhere. (laughs) And we're getting ready to order our meal, and you've ordered your glass of wine, and I've ordered my glass of wine or sparkling cider, whichever you prefer. And we're having a conversation. We just so happen to be on the radio. (laughs) Mm. I believe when we talked to DJ, you promised me a party. So we've got a party atmosphere going on. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And welcome to the people who are listening to us via phone. We welcome you, and we're going to definitely open up the lines later on after we get through some of um, our talk, our interview. Um, So I guess I want to, of course, I always like to start with who a person is, what, what do they come from, and then work our way up. So my question for you is, who is Jody Flynn? (laughs) <laughs> well, Khadija, you make me laugh. Uh, who am I? That is that is a great question. And actually, you know what? I'm reading um, a book right now called The Untethered Soul. And oh, wow. It, ta- it talks about that, that all you have to mm. ask yourself is, who am I? And it was made my mind spin. So it's so funny that tonight we're, we're talking about this question. Um. So, I mean, I would just simply say, if I were were to answer it in a philosophical way, like the book presents it, 
is I'm, I'm just a woman who is trying to change the world. Mm-hmm. I am trying to change the way women move through the world, the way they see themselves in partnership with men. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear about that, that I think, yes. you know, that changes are coming for women. The world is going to start relating and seeing women differently, seeing women as partners, as equals, as um, highly valued contributors and it's going to be men who are going to help us to get our place back in the world. I think we lost it a couple thousand years ago, and it's coming back. Absolutely. So that's the philosophical answer of who I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. We'll talk about that later, but yes, go ahead. Um, and if I were to say, you know, kind of more and more earthy answer is um, – I am a a coach. I am a podcast host. I help people who are leaders to work on their soft skills, their leadership skills, communication, relationship building, how they lead themselves and manage themselves. Um, I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm one of eight children, grew up in in a blue-collar family. My dad was um, a plumber. He worked for the city, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was a homemaker. Um, So we didn't grow up with money, but we grew up knowing what the values were. Um, They were God, education, and family. And it was very clear in everything that we did and everything that my parents did that you know, that's that's what this family was about. Um, and I grew up very loved. Um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, and, yeah, just um, have had a wild ride. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, um, yeah, hitting a point in my life where I really feel like it's all coming together. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you were talking earlier about, um, you know, the physical side of of who you are and and um when we originally talked uh you mentioned something that just stood out to me personally um and I like to use the terminology the divine feminine you know the the rise mm. of the divine feminine is 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 coming back you know mm-hmm. um and it's going to take a partnership of the divine feminine energy along with the masculine energy. So we're not at war with with masculine energy. It's just we mm-hmm. want to balance things out. And that is something that I so appreciate about, you know, what you said when we initially, initially talked. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about the shifts that occurred for you when you came out of, I'm assuming you came out of corporate America and Mm -hmm. you, you, you answered the call, you answered the call to coaching. So we'll go with the coaching first. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and what that experience was for you? Yes, that was, it's funny you ask because that is one of the um, biggest divine moments I've had in my life. And actually Um, the year I was in my coaching certification, I had several divine moments. Um, Quick background, um, I 
got my bachelor's in psychology, went on to work on my master's in counseling psychology, realized about halfway through the program, it's not what I wanted to do. Um, I was going to, I was, you know, going into to social work. That's where the degree was taking me. It's not where I wanted mm-hmm. to go. It's not how I wanted to work with people. Um, but so many people in my life, um, and I remember just being so young at the time, and so many people in my life saying, just finish the degree. You've got one more year. Just do it. You know, just put it on your resume. You know, it's just their letters. Like, it's important. And so I decided to continue even though I didn't want to. And three credits shy, I couldn't do it anymore. I was so miserable. I was not interested in it anymore. There were so many other things going on in my life. I'd become an auntie. Um, You know, there were different things going on in my family where family members needed my help. And, you know, so that was taking my attention away. So I was completely in conflict trying to finish this degree that I didn't want against things that were really important to me. And it was getting to the point when I would go into the library because all I had left was an independent study, which Mm -hmm. is horrible because I'm a person who definitely deals well within structure on my own, not so much. (laughs) So it was a real Mm -hmm. struggle right at the end. And I would break out in hives going into the library. And all the signs were, you know, physically and all around me were telling me, like, stop. Stop doing this. this is stop not torturing for you. yourself. Yeah. It's not for you. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. make a difference. Um, so I I finished it, and you know, but I had bills that were going to come due. Once you're done with school, you've got a little bit of time, the and then loans. all the all the student loans start coming around. And I was like, okay, right. I gotta, I have to take a job, and just figure all of this out. So I took mm-hmm. an entry level position in mutual funds, and it turned out to be like just godsend. It was a, I thrived in that environment because it is so structured. And I'm a bit of a type A personality. I was always brought up that, you know, if your name was on something, you make sure it's good, take pride in your work. And so that's the way I approached everything I did. If my name was on it, I was going to give it my all. And I did very well in that environment. And also because I enjoy working within teams and I'm really good at pulling people together. I mean, I grew up in a big family. There's a lot of times where right. you have oh, to kind no. of rally people and convince them to do what you're doing. And, you know, so yeah. I brought those skills to the forefront in that environment too. And I was promoted really rapidly. I was promoted five times within six years and wow. became the assistant vice president of corporate quality. And then it all started to kind of dry up. I was um, happy. Yeah, I won't say that I was dissatisfied, completely dissatisfied. I was, I was happy in that I was making good money. I was respected. I was appreciated. But the job wasn't as fulfilling for me as it had been. It was like it had gotten to a point where it was like, okay, this is a, was a great ride, but is this it? Is this is this all I'm meant to do? Is there something more? Could I be doing something? bigger, you know, bringing what I do to more people. And it's around that time that I started meeting other coaches. And I, you know, when I got my um, bachelor's in psychology, I had not heard of coaching. It was around, but it was, it was a movement that was just really beginning. Just taken off. Mm -hmm. It is completely taken off. And this, this was probably about six or seven years ago, I started bumping into coaches at different events and they just occurred to me to be different from other people. They were very present and engaged 
and um, just uh, the I guess joyful is is the only word I can think of. You know, it's not that sure. they were the most cheerful or laughing the hardest, but they just seemed to be happy. And I was like, there's something about coaches. And the more research I did in coaching, I found out that it was coaching was everything that social work was not for me, right? It was all mm-hmm. the things I wanted in my career back when I was going to school. And I was like, I think this is it. But the problem was I'm not a big risk taker. And it wasn't clear to me how coaches make money. And right. so I stayed doing what I was doing. I just kept going along. And actually, one of my team members came into my office, and we were having a chat about this, you know, and how, you know, I was becoming a little dissatisfied and, you know, but I didn't know what to do. And he said, watch, you know, Jody, watch out for the golden handcuffs. And I was like, what? What are, what what are the golden that? handcuffs? Right. It's, it's when you're making so much money that you're afraid to leave. Right. Right. There's this fear like you're paid so so well, you know, you're you're compensated so well that you don't want to take a risk. You know, you almost get Mm -hmm. to a point where it's too safe, even though I was slowly becoming more and more dissatisfied. I was Mm -hmm. staying put, but there was, you know, we talked earlier about divine moments. This was I call it a divine intervention. There was a divine intervention in my life. Um, and we went through, uh, my company went through two acquisitions. And with the first acquisition, I prayed to keep my job. And I did. And in mm-hmm. the second acquisition, which was like 12 months later, if I prayed that they would fire us, and they did. Oh. So I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. Because by the second acquisition, it was so clear to me, like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, the golden handcuffs had kind of released me. I was still well compensated, but the environment was so miserable um, Mm -hmm. that I was ready. I was ready to go, and I made the leap. I had done all the research. I knew what school I wanted to go through, and two weeks after we were told that we our jobs were being outsourced and were, we were going to be losing our jobs, I was sitting in coach training. And here's the crazy thing, Khadija. It was completely set up for me that it would be safe because when they, in the outsourcing of our jobs, they needed to do a systems conversion. They needed mm-hmm. us to stay on the job for seven more months. And because of that, they gave us really generous severance packages and stay-on bonuses. So I was able to get my coaching certification while I was still working and then start my business the day after my last day on the job. So completely, and I had prayed a lot to God during that time, Mm -hmm. like from the first, you know, from when I started to lose you know, the excitement and the engagement in my job right up until the last day and continued in my business. Like, I definitely see that God had an incredible hand in what was going on in my life at that time. And, you know, still am thankful and grateful to this day for that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. What an incredible story you have. And and, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that the listeners who are, are on the line tonight, whether you're on online or whether you're listening via phone, that um, you may be struggling with this very same thing, you know, switching gears 
switching gears and knowing that what you're doing right now is not really your calling. And uh, I just want to say, Jody, your your story is very inspiring, very inspiring to those of us who have questions, should I, you know, how do, how am I going to do this? You know, I, okay, I, I have the direction I want to go in, so what does it take for me to do that? And you just demonstrated faith and trusting and, you know, not all the way – I mean, you took a leap, but you didn't. You did it in a. There's something called calculated risk, and so that's what yes. it sounds like to me. You took a calculated risk. You know, you didn't just jump off the cliff. Right. You know, some people can jump off the cliff. You know, no parachute. It doesn't sound like you did that or that you needed to do that, but you still had to exercise some level of faith and trust that things would yes. work out the way that they should. So, yeah, yeah. You know, there's truth to the the saying, God helps those who help themselves. Like, I was definitely taking action. I was doing the research. I was making the plan. I was getting myself ready. And because I wasn't, I truly believe that because I was in action, because I was, you know, as clear as I could be, there were times, don't get me wrong, I felt like I was in a complete fog and I didn't know where I was going to land, but I knew what I wanted. And I just, you know, when I didn't have clarity, I prayed to God for clarity. And when I had clarity, I was in action. I was taking the steps that I needed to take and the universe provided. So I, I agree with you. It's a combination of both. You need faith. You need trust. But you have to be ready to do the work. And you've got to have the intention of of getting clarity and then getting it done. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So you, I, okay, I don't know how I missed that you founded your own. Now, this is Luma Coaching. That is... Yes. Now, does women taking the lead follow follow fall under Luma Coaching, or is that something totally different? Or it, I, I, I would say it's it, it's like a brother and a sister; they're siblings. Okay, <laughs> I okay. Would say, I would say they're side by side. Luma Coaching is definitely the active coaching um, program creation. Client. client side of my business and women taking the lead right now is a podcast and a private Facebook group. Um, I think we're, we're about at 40 in number right now, just supporting each other. Um, And it's growing. It is growing. And I do, I do want to provide more services and programs through women taking the lead, but I would say Luma coaching is more the active side of my business and women taking the lead is, is the voice and the platform for the work that I'm doing. Got it. Got it. Got it. So smart. So smart. So, (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about women taking the lead. I mean, the the title alone says something. Women taking mm-hmm. the lead. So where? Take us from the beginning. How how? What was it coming up with the idea and and the podcast and just just take take us on the journey. We have time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything I do is always like this twisting, winding journey. It's it, it's amazing to me. There's almost never any straight lines, but yeah. um, 
Well, I definitely have my history and my experiences, but we all do, and we all take that. I think to a large extent we take our, our history for granted until we're put in a situation where we can make something of it. Um, so mm-hmm. with that as the beginning, mm-hmm. I, I'll just say um, I was doing Luma coaching, doing the coaching thing, doing business business networking. I belong to a networking group. It's a chapter of an organization called Business Networking International, or the acronym most yes. people are familiar B&I. with is BNI. Yes. So I belong to a local BNI chapter in the Portland, Maine area, and was in that group for a couple of years. And another gentleman joined the group. He was doing commercial real estate. Um, we definitely clicked. We became friends. Um, I said I became friends with his girlfriend, and you know, just like the mind, the mindset we had w- was very much the same. But he got to a point where he decided, "I'm leaving the commercial real estate. I'm leaving the group. I'm going to do something completely different." And so I reached out to him, you know, because we were like going to make great things happen within the chapter. And I was like, yes. I'm so sad that you're leaving. But, you know, if you've got some new adventure going on, I I love that, would love to hear about it, you know. And he said, great, let's get together for coffee. So we sat mm-hmm. down. It was a few years ago for coffee in Portland. And he started telling me about how he wanted to start a seven-day-a-week podcast interviewing entrepreneurs and nobody out there at that time was doing anything like that and just sitting there listening to him I started to just I could feel my my heart was beating you know I started Mm -hmm. to sweat I was like oh my gosh that's so exciting that's so great and like I'd heard of podcasts but I didn't listen to podcasts and you know really didn't know what it was all about but I knew what he was talking about was exciting and adventurous. And he went on to start Entrepreneur on Fire. That he, It was John oh. um, that oh, who was wait. in my D&I group. Yeah. And oh I was God. supportive That's of guru. him. guru. That's the... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having a moment. I, I apologize. I'm having a moment. I'll never say that to him because his head would get too big. No, he's he's awesome. He's so down yeah, there. He's so he down has to earth. Been, he really is. He has been incredibly successful, but he's so down to earth and such a good human being. He and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Kate, are just amazing people. Yeah. Um, but when he was starting his podcast, I was just like, I'll support you. I, you know, sent him people I thought would make great guests. I was listening to his show. I was promoting his show. I just thought it was so exciting. And in the Portland, Maine area, in the community, a lot of, of us knew John. We knew he was starting this podcast. And so, you know, he was the topic of conversation at different networking events I'd go to. And a few yeah. people started asking me, so are you thinking of starting a podcast? And then they started saying, you should start a podcast. And then it was, right. when are you starting a podcast? It wasn't <laughs> even, are you going to? It's, when are you going to? You should do this. Right. And I resisted it for a long time because I was, you know, just like, oh, I don't know what to do, and eh, it just seems so crazy, so, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not technical, and all that, I came up with all the excuses why yes. I couldn't do it. All but the stories are coming up. <laughs> yes, but I was completely enamored with the idea of yeah. having your voice out there and interviewing people, and, talk, like, I love to talk. You and I discussed mm-hmm. this. We both yes, love we- to talk. <laughs> I li- when I people to. ask what are your hobbies, I one of the things I list is conversations. 
quickly followed up with net, networking. You know, yes. you know, co- coffee shops are my thing. Um, yes. So I definitely, it still excited me, even though I was completely afraid. So finally I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. But I didn't know what I wanted to have as the, the theme or the topic. And But I loved coaching, and I loved coaches. I loved talking to coaches. So I'm like, oh, I'll do a podcast about coaches. That will be so great. But I could never pull the trigger. I could never make it happen. I had one excuse after another for why I just couldn't, you know, dedicate the time and the energy to getting it going. And this was, oh, my gosh, like probably like a year and a half ago. No, it's coming up on two years ago that wow. that I had made that commitment. It was in July, I think, of 2000. 13 that I was like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. And it's just so crazy. And, (laughs) but you know, when I really thought about it in um, different work I did with my coach and in my coach coach community, talking to people, Mm -hmm. I, it really came back to, you know, what really I get a charge out of what is a a truly, let me, let me say this. I have, I've always had about, 50% 50% men and 50% women as clients in my business. Okay. And, okay. and I, I love the conversations I have with men. I get, I get along great with men. I enjoy their perspective and their sense of humor and their take on things. So I love them as clients. And when I coach women, it's almost like a spiritual connection, I feel, mm-hmm. with Mm-hmm. with the women I have as clients. There's just a different energy around the conversation. They go right. they go a lot deeper. Um and they tend to be more fulfilling. Um mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, I hate to say because, you know, I, I love my male clients, but they're sure. but because of that charge, because of that spiritual connection there was just something more. And there have been a couple of times where I tried to transition my business to say, okay, I'm only coaching women, but then a whole bunch of men start being like, whoa, whoa, wait, well, I want to hire you. <laughs> so I always right. come back and I was like, well, I love you too. I'll coach you too. Of course I'll coach you. Um, so when I was thinking about the podcast, I was like, I finally realized it needs to be about women. It, it needs mm-hmm. to be women's stories. You know, and not just a a women helping women initiative. Like I said, I believe men are going to play a big role in women coming back into their own in the world. And I, like I said, I love the perspective that men bring. And in my, my career history, most of my mentors were men because there weren't a lot of women, you know, who were Mm -hmm. above me and also who wanted to be mentors you know, and that I connected with. I finally had a female mentor in my career when I was about 30, and I was so excited and so ecstatic to finally have her. But men have done right by me in my career Mm -hmm. as well. So in as mentors, and they have a lot to give as mentors, and they want to share, and they want to promote women, at least the ones I had. They wanted to help me and see me be successful. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a part of my show too. Where about every you know, I do two interviews a week. I release my show on um, Sundays and Wednesdays, 
And I'm trying to time it that about every nine or ten interviews, I bring a man on and I get the male mm. perspective. Like, how do they see women? What do they right. see is holding women back? What would they advise women on? What insights would they give women on how to be leaders? Because um, I, I, there, and there's so much value added. I mean, the I've released two so far because my podcast is still pretty new. I released it in mm-hmm. March. And I've had two men on, um, Rich Brooks and Joel, I guess, and they were fantastic. Those interviews mm. were just that reminds incredible. me of a. It reminds me of a um, of a DVD or a CD set I had, and I used to listen to it back to back to back. And it was during the time I was in network marketing, and um, it was one of the top earners, and she had did this whole series on every aspect of a, a network marketer's life from the woman's perspective, from the female perspective. And I will never forget that she had Dennis Kimbrough, who wrote um, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, and mm. he's written a couple of books. But he said over and over and over again, because she said, what is the one thing that women need to know? And he he was he did a comparison. He said, as men, we don't have the problem of uh, worthiness. We just kind of jump out there, we do it, we make our mistakes, but we keep going. And he was like, what he found was that uh, women really deal with a lot of uh, self-doubt and and can I really do it? And he said, you are good enough. You like I, That's all I remember him saying. You are good enough. You are good enough. You can do it. So mm-hmm. this is like what's re, what it's reminding me of, you know, and how bringing that balance in and how important it is to do that. And so that is amazing that you make sure that you do have and include men on, you know, that that you interviewed for the podcast. I mean, yeah, I I love that. And you know, Khadija, I have to say, um, that's part of my story. I and I think part of it is mm-hmm. it's it's part of the wallpaper in our society, mm-hmm. the lack of women in leadership positions. Um, and I, in my first episode, I talk about how I believe one of the biggest influences in my life that set me on my path was being raised Catholic. Um, Because my, yeah, my older brother, Sean, was, he's four years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up when he became an altar server. And we we grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And Mm -hmm. You know, he's my older brother, and I love him. And, I, you know, of course I want to mimic the things that he's doing because he was the firstborn, and, you know, and he was doing all these exciting things. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I want to be an altar server too, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember being told, oh, no, you can't be an altar server. And the only reason why I couldn't be an altar server was not because of my age, because when I came of age, I was old enough. It was that I was a girl. That's why I couldn't be an altar server. And my brother, Stephen, is two years younger than me. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I I vaguely recall when Stephen was an altar server. And I remember sitting in the pew, looking up at the altar, and my older brother and my younger brother are up there. And I'm in the pew with my sisters. Because we were girls. We couldn't do it. And I think... um, 
I think that experience at a young age, because people have asked, like, I've met some women who are like, I didn't notice those things growing up. I think that experience mm-hmm. for me just opened my eyes and had me look at the world a little differently, maybe earlier than most women would, because all of a sudden I started noticing how women and men and boys and girls are treated differently. And in the 70s, there weren't, you know, the president's a man, professional athletes are men, politicians are men, the newscasters were men. Like, the men were everywhere in public, you know, in leadership positions, public leadership positions. There were not that many women. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the wallpaper that goes on in our society. And it's changing, thank God. It is changing. Still still a ways to go, but it, it is changing. But I that's feel the shift. We, I think we feel the shift, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not the way we grew up. We grew right. up, and, no. and, you know, I talked about in my, my podcast how, you know, and I said earlier how I grew up loved. I grew up, I was taken care of. We didn't have money, but we were taken care of. I felt safe. Mm-hmm. But all around me in society were, was evidence of my inferiority mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. I couldn't, I was a second-class citizen, because of because I was a girl. So growing up, I'm not surprised that a lot of women have this worthiness question yeah, going on. Yeah. Like, am I good enough? We feel like we have to earn it. I mean, and, and yeah. women who have made strides in the workplace will tell you they got promoted. They, they had different opportunities because they had to work a lot harder than men to be seen. Mm-hmm. And so right. there's also this this energy around as a woman, you have to work hard, really hard mm-hmm. to earn your place. Right. You know, and that's a word that's part of the worthiness question as well. So this you had originally asked me this like what stuff. brought me to women taking the lead. I think once I decided to focus on women, all of that started bubbling to the surface. Yeah. And then I had the energy and the motivation to get the podcast done. And I and also being in a community that held me accountable. You know, I yeah. told people I was doing the podcast and they were like, by when? When will we be seeing the podcast? And they made me give them a date and I met it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so good. That made a huge that's difference. Good. Yeah, I, I, I think that sometimes... Um, uh, if you if you're an entrepreneur and you start out on this journey, you don't necessarily understand how important it is to be in community and to be collaborating with other people. Like that is when your real strength will uh, show up, in my opinion, is when you mm-hmm. get in community with other people who are at least, at the very least moving in the direction that you're moving in and will hold you accountable to uh, what you say you're going to do because we mm-hmm. let ourselves off the hook all the time with stuff, right? So that is amazing that you, you know, you were able to be in the community and, and you didn't you didn't resist it uh, all the way. It sounds like you resisted a little bit initially in the beginning, but when you got clear about your purpose, and who you were serving and why you were serving them, it was like, ah, I got it, and and you just took off, you know? Yes, and you made a good point there, Kadisha, where you said, you know, it's 
it's about your community and who you're surrounding yourself by. One of my favorite quotes is by Jim Rohn, um, and it's, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so you really need to take a look at what are you, what are your goals? Where are you looking to go? And look around at the people that you're spending time with. Are they looking to go there too? Because when I was serious about starting the podcast, I joined a podcasting community because I wanted to be in conversation and surrounded, even if it was virtually, you know, yes, yes, with, with people who were up to starting podcasts and doing podcasts. They were either where I wanted to be or they were on the road to be right. where I wanted to be. Um, and that made a huge difference in how quickly I was able to get there and how I was able to stay on track. That makes mm-hmm. a difference. So that was a great it point. Does. It definitely does. Well, I have enjoyed having you on the show this evening. I invite you to come back. But before we go, tell us mm-hmm. what you're up to. Tell us how we can get to the podcast. You know, give us where can we find you on Facebook, on social media, blogs. You know the spiel. Here's <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> well, I have two websites, and you've already gotten the names of my, my sibling businesses. There is yeah. womentakingthelead.com, and I have a short link for that website. It's um, wtlead.com. Oh, no, wait, sorry. It's Oh, my gosh, I totally did that wrong. It's, women, it's womentl.com. So oh, it's okay. either womentakingthelead.com or womentl.com. Or you can find me at luma-coaching.com. So those are my websites. And on Facebook, I'm Jody Flynn, J-O-D-I-F-L-Y-N-N. Um, and there are also business pages for Women Taking the Lead and Luma Coaching on there. And on Twitter, my um, handle is Jody M. Flynn. Somebody else took just plain Jody Flynn. So I had to add the M in the middle. So it's right. Jody M. Flynn on Twitter. Um, and the same with LinkedIn. I mean, what, actually, you know, once you find my websites, all the social media links all of where you can find me, they're, they're right it. at the top of the website. So that's probably easier for people to do. Just go to the websites and connect with me on your favorite platform. Great. And great, I, lo- I love to hear from people. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Well, inevitably, I'll tell you what happens. Even if we don't take calls, which there's no one on the – there was somebody on the call, and they were they were with us for a long time, and then they hung up. They hung um, maybe they had to go. <laughs> they hung in there. They did, like, almost 40 minutes with us. So thank you to whoever that was who was on the line. We appreciate you. But what happens inevitably when we hang up and the show is over, I always get an inbox or a <laughs> comment or something somewhere on social media. And um, so that's that's what's going to happen as well. So we have enjoyed you so much today, so much this evening. And anytime you want to come back, you are more than welcome. You are a friend to the show. And um, I appreciate you. Oh, Khadija, thank you so much for having me. And for those who are listening, Khadija is going to be on an upcoming episode <laughs> of Women Taking the Lead. And I'm really excited about that. We've already recorded the show, and there's a lot of giggles. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Next week we will have Kapana Sawani, a health and wellness coach, talking to us about her story with weight management and weight maintenance. Weight maintenance. So with that being said, everyone have a pleasant evening, and we will see you all back here Monday, June 22nd, 6.30 p.m. Have a great weekend, everyone. Ashe, ashe, my life is a good life. Ashe, ashe, my life is good. Agape International Choir welcoming you this morning with Arne Batson. That was our choir dancing. She's standing on solid ground. And-